The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 50 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, it's two comedy episodes of The Charlie McCarthy Show. We'll begin after this break. Vaudeville in the 1930s had its fair share of ventriloquists, but none was more successful than Edgar Bergen. After the entertainer made a guest appearance on Rudy Valley's variety program in 1939, many doubted the wisdom of launching a radio ventriloquist. This, however, was a gamble executives at Chase and Sanborn were willing to take. From 1937 onward, Edgar Bergen and his innocent adolescent dummy Charlie McCarthy proved that radio listeners did not need to see the act to enjoy the jokes. The hour-long Sunday evening program quickly became fashionable with Hollywood celebrities making guest appearances and the trading of insults between Charlie and cast regulars W.C. Fields and Don Amici was always a high point. Within two years, the Chase and Sanborn Hour overtook Rudy Valley on the ratings charts and became the most prestigious Sunday evening radio broadcast. Bergen introduced other dummy characters, notably slow-witted Mortimer Snurd and man-chasing Effie Klinker, but the spotlight never strayed far from Charlie. In 1940, the series switched to a 30-minute format that would last until the 1950s. Bergen tried a few times to bring the series to television, but it did not stick. He would, however, father the very talented future actress Candace Bergen. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of The Charlie McCarthy Show. In this first one, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy welcome their guest, Robert Cummings. Here's The Charlie McCarthy Show from March 4th, 1951. The Coca-Cola Company brings you Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. It's Sunday night, and time again for Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. Mortimer Snurd and Ray Noble and his orchestra brought to you each week by the Coca-Cola Company. Tonight, our special guest is one of your favorite motion picture leading men, Mr. Robert Cummings. And now, Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy. 
Hush up out there. <laughs> Bunch of guffawing people. Well, now, Mortimer, uh, doesn't it make you feel good to see all these smiling faces out here? No, I don't know about that. Well, just look at these people. Look at their faces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? I felt better before I looked. Oh. You know, you seem to be in a very good good mood today. Yeah, you know why? No, why? Well, that's on account of because I I got a job, Mr. Bergen. You haven't? Yeah, yeah, I got a job, yeah. Yeah. You're working? Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm busier than a cow's tail at fly time, is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you finally got a job. Yeah. Lady Luck smiled on you. Hmm? I say Lady Luck smiled on you. Oh, she did? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it is about me that, that gets the women. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always knew you would be a success, Mortimer. In spite of everything I have always said, you have horse sense. Well, yeah, yes, sir, yep. There ain't very many horses that can outthink me. No. <laughs> Now tell me, Mortimer, what kind of a job do you have? Well, it's a sort of a, it's a, well, it's a, you could, um, well, I could do it myself. I, well, I do. Uh, uh, well, it's a, it's kind of a sticker, you know. Uh, uh, what was it? What kind of a job? Oh yeah, what kind of a job? Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in the music business. You're in the music business. Yeah. Well, well, what end? Well, all of me, all of you. <laughs> Both hands. Both hands, yeah. <laughs> but you haven't studied music. Doesn't that make you awfully ignorant on the subject? Well, it helps, yeah. <laughs> Without any specialized training, uh, what can you do in, in the music business? Well, you see, I, I work with another fellow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a team combination that we are. See, the other fellow, other fellow, he's a musician. Uh-huh. He plays the organ. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I sort of... I'm his assistant. Ah, oh, I see. You work, you're working with an organist. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you get to travel a lot? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. All the way out to uh, uh, the end of the chain. Is that right? <laughs> Did you say chain? Yeah. Now, just a minute. An organ and a chain? Oh, it's a swell job. Short hours and all the peanuts I can eat. Oh, <laughs> now I know what kind of a job you have. Now look, Mortimer. No, please, Mr. Durgan. I'd rather you call me by my stage name. What's that? Uh, Jocko. Jocko. <laughs> Mortimer, that organ grinder is using you to replace his monkey. Uh? Yes. Now you'll just have to quit that job. Well, what for? I'm sorry. I got as much right to work as the next monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but for a few peanuts that you work hard for all day, why, why, Mortimer, you, you were pooped, you were duped. Well, that louses up my line. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, <yeah>. well. <laughs> do you want to sit up here? No, no. no. <laughs> Uh, 
You're sort of crowding into my territory now. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what I'm trying to explain to you is that you have made you have made the world's biggest fool of yourself. Well, I always say anything worth doing at all is worth doing well. Yeah. <laughs> Say, Edgar, I haven't seen Charles around. Uh, anything wrong with the little chap? No, you see, he's doing odd jobs around the neighborhood now to earn some spending money. Oh, really? You know, uh, chap, uh, father had the same theory. Uh, uh-huh. When I was a lad, I asked father for money to take a girl dancing, you see. And he said, go clean out the furnace. Well, how did it work? Oh, fine, fine. But I still think we would have enjoyed ourselves more if we'd gone dancing. <laughs> oh, I say, Edgar, here comes Charlie. And the little chap is soaking wet. Uh, hello, Ray. Uh, hello, Bergie. Charlie. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, I want to know what is the meaning of this. Uh, how did you get so wet? Well, yeah, the, 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 do you want the truth or a lie? The truth. Oh, the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Would you care to try for another category? No, no. It's no. <laughs> not horse around. How did you get wet? Well, the. Would you believe I, I broke off with my girl and she cried on my shoulder? No, no. Yes, yes, that sounds logical to me. It does, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I better think up another one then. <laughs> All right now, Charlie, please, out with it. Remember, the road to ruin is paved with lies. It is, huh? Yeah. Well, shake hands with the head contractor. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's get to the bottom of this, Charlie. Now, you were supposed to clean up Robert Cummings' garage, weren't you? Uh, yes, sir, yes, sir, that's it. Now, did you or did you not get into trouble over there? Mr. Bergen, can't we take one thing at a time? All right. <laughs> Very well. What do you want to take first? A powder, you know. <laughs> All right, let's out with it now. Explain. Well, you see, uh, Bob Cummings has such a interesting and inviting junk in his garage that... Uh, before I knew it, uh, my inventive genius reared its ugly head. Uh-huh. And what happened? Well, I took his pressure tank, his washing machine, and the motor off his lawnmower, and I sort of put it all together, little genius that I am. Yes. And it came out a submarine. A submarine. <laughs> <laughs> and I launched it in Bob's pool. You what? Yes, uh, stout sub it was. SS Donut, I called it. Mm-hmm. I call it that because it was a sinker. I see. <laughs> In other words, your submarine was a failure? Yes, yes, it was. It burped twice and then uh, fathoms set in. I see. <laughs> uh oh. Who's that? Who's that? Why, that's, that's Bob Cummings. No, hide me, Bergen. Help, hide me. Get me out. No, no, Charlie. You'll stay right here and you'll face the music. Come in, Bob. Oh, hello, fellas. Hello, Bob. <laughs> Edgar, I'd, uh, I'd like to have a little chat with Charlie. Mm-hmm. A little man, I looked in my garage, and it seems I don't have my washing machine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you should have kept up the payments. <laughs> yes, it was my favorite washing machine, too. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, did you also notice that something strange about your lawnmower? Oh, you stool pigeon, you. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, now that you mention it, all I can find of the lawnmower is the handle. Uh, yes, well, uh, that's all there is. There ain't no mower. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, as an ex-lawnmower owner, could I have the intimate details, please? Yes. Well, you see, you see, Mr. Cummings, uh, I needed a motor for my sub, so I test-hopped your gasoline lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Lively little rascal, too, it was. <laughs> and shall we say it got just a wee bit out of control? That we could certainly say, yes. <laughs> With its blades of whirring, it took off for your hen house. And my chickens? Plucked, cleaned, and dressed. (laughs) Then it headed for my orange grove. So it did, yes. Know anybody that can use two acres of marmalade? (laughs) (laughs) This Van Alagazam, an orange-colored sky. (laughs) All over. Uh, Charlie, either you square this matter or you're going to spend your entire summer vacation working in my swimming pool. Well, now, that's not too bad. You mean as a lifeguard? No, as my diving board. Boing! It's really very easy to make young people feel at home, whether the host or hostess is a teenager like themselves or someone twice their age. Refreshment, of course, is always in order. And the one thing you know that's a favorite with teenagers, wherever they go, whatever they do, is ice-cold Coca-Cola, which is just one more reason for having plenty of Coke on hand all the time. It's a sure way to win popularity with the youngsters. Make your home attractive to youth for your own sake as well as the young members of your own family. Keep your refrigerator always well-stocked with ice-cold Coca-Cola. Well, Charlie, have you figured out a way to pay for that submarine damage? Uh, That I have, Bob, and make a couple of million besides, too. (laughs) Now, you know you're just about Hollywood's biggest picture star. Oh, oh, I I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't either, but I'm in trouble. (laughs) You know, you ain't kidding. Now, what's all this got to do with that sub in my pool? Everything. What's the biggest moneymaker in pictures today? Uh, popcorn? Ah, submarine pictures. And we can shoot ours right at the bottom of your pool, see? Yes, well, that's a good idea, but I think there's something, something lacking. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's the biggest success on Broadway? Uh, South Pacific? That's it. Now, we combine the two, and we do a submarine musical with music and lyrics by Ray Noble, get it? A submarine musical? Yeah, we'll call it Under the South Pacific. (sighs) I can see the first scene now. We're cruising beneath the sea while our happy crew sings the opening number. Life is so terrific under the South Pacific. We're a jolly carefree crew. Whenever we get together, we're always under the weather. A mermaid comes into view And the ordinary sailor wants to splurge But in the submarine service What do we do? 
When the sun shines bright in the springtime, why a sailor feels it's good to be alive. But in the submarine service, what do we do? What do we do? We dive. A sailor does his laundry, hangs it on the line, and goes back to sleep in his bunk. But in the submarine service, what do we do? What do we do? We dunk. Life is so terrific under the South Pacific. Somewhere in the uncharted regions of the South Pacific, the dauntless crew of a submarine wait tensely for a history-making moment. Ready, mate McCarthy? Aye, aye, Captain. Very well. Up, periscope. Yeah. Up a little higher. A little higher. Down, periscope. Down, sir. Up, periscope. Aye, sir. Down, periscope. Down, sir. Up, periscope. Up, sir. Is that it now, Captain? Yes. Oh, it feels so good when you scratch my back like that. Latitude <laughs> <laughs> 68, Captain. Uh, that means it's time to read the secret orders from Washington. Here they are, sir. Good. Oh, this is important. I'm getting nervous. Yes, sir. My hands are shaking. I can't open the orders. I can't open them. Well, no wonder. It's a postcard, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, then. Wait a minute. Our orders are to test... This experimental sub by crash diving to the greatest depth ever attained. Are you ready, men? Freeman Baldwin. I'm ready, sir. I've kissed my fiance goodbye. McCarthy. I'm ready. I kissed his fiance goodbye, too. <laughs> what about you, Captain? I'm ready, and she's a real cute kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, men, attention. I said attention, Noble. Why don't you stand up straight? Well, because I'm doubled up from sleeping in that beastly hammock. But why should sleeping in a hammock make you double up? Well, perhaps it's because I hang both ends on the same hook. Yeah. <laughs> now, all right, men, stand by to submerge. Crash dive! Just a minute, Captain, we can't dive yet. I've discovered a stowaway. Ah, hello, Charlie. Thanks for hiding me in your sea bag. Ixnay, babe, Ixnay. <laughs> hiding a woman in your sea bag? How do you explain this? Well, I, 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 uh, 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 after all, Chief, what is a sea bag for? <laughs> well, to carry things you need on a long voyage. Any more questions? <laughs> oh, come now, Kathy Wappy. You remember me? Singapore Sioux. Oh. Singapore Sioux. Uh-huh. Well, well, well. <laughs> Haunting me again, eh? You with your youth, your fresh looks taunting me, tantalizing me. The vision of you burns in my soul like a blue-white flame, and you're mine. Yes, you're mine. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, I knew you wouldn't forget Singapore, Sue. You know, I'm the kind of a woman that men remember when they're old. You're the kind of a woman that makes them old. <laughs> Come, Sue, give me your hand. Ah, see how it nestles like a little white dove. 
that lays any eggs, they're mine. Now get lost, McCarthy. She's my girl. No, no, she's mine. Out, uh, out last night, you know, I, I had shore leave, and I stole into her hut at exactly midnight and sneaked a kiss. Wait a minute. Huh? Our last night on shore, I stole into her hut at exactly midnight and sneaked a kiss. But I wasn't home that night. <laughs> Mother lips. Oh, gee! Ah, but just let me show you what you were missing, little one. Uh, come, no. come to my arms. Uh, don't hold me so tight. You're melting my sense in. <laughs> now, get away from her, McCarthy. She's my girl. Oh, no, no, she's mine. Now, listen to me. Oh, no, she's Gentlemen, mine. Gentlemen, gentlemen. I think perhaps I'd better leave. Why? Oh, a stub is no place for a lady. A ship is no place for a sheep Though the lions may roar on the distant shore Yet the wolves are fiercer at sea For a sub is no place for a lady And it's easy to understand that Though a gal may dally a while in the galley It's no place to try on a hat Oh, a sub is no place for a lady A ship is no place for a sheep on the bridge you may stand, but you'll find every man down below isn't watching the sea. For a sub is no place for a lady, and on this our opinion is firm. For you get such a shake-up, you can't put on makeup with the wrong kind of waves in your purse. Oh, a sub is no place for a lady, a ship is no place for a sheep. Hanging stockings to dry on the periscope, why, you would think it was Les Majestés. For a sub is no place for a lady, a ship is no place for a sheep. A conning tower's not a romantic spot for Cupid to go on a spree. And who wants to neck with a gal on the deck when the watch isn't watching the sea? And they say even Eckley will stand up and flatly admit that it's not his cup of tea. Even fellows from Harvard who know port from starboard in this are inclined to agree. But on terra firma, we gals do not murmur, for there we are still the queen bee. We love to be with the lady, but not at sea. Well, goodbye, fellas. Goodbye. I'll put Singapore Sue on a life raft with plenty of supplies. All right, men, back to your post. Well, Singapore Sue is gone, and yeah. no more women on this sub. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's the way to live, yeah. Oh, yes, we're better off without women. Yeah, we're better off without women. That's right. Well, so that's much for that game. What do we play now? <laughs> well, men, I took care of Singapore Sue, and now we're ready to carry out our mission. Stand by to submerge. Price dive! Captain! Captain! There's a deep-sea diver just surfaced alongside the sub. Uh, uh, hello, hello, uh, uh, greetings, friends. Uh, friends, I am the deep-sea diver and scientist, uh, Professor Ursula Twing. How do you do? How do you do? What are you doing in those seagoing rompers with that overhead plumbing? <laughs> well, I just came up from the ocean floor where I'm doing research on the romantic life of an oyster. The romantic life of an oyster? That's right. You'd be surprised what goes on underneath those shells. <laughs> all I want, all I want, uh, I want all you jolly tars in the submarine here to be very, very quiet because one of my lady oysters um, 
Well, she's about to have a pearl. Oh. <laughs> How do you know? Well, lately she's had a, a mad craving for pickles and strawberries. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, of course, uh, an oyster breeding is done uh, scientifically. Oh, sure, 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 uh-huh. sure. And to have a pearl, the oyster has to be uh, irritated. Oh, that's simple. Just put cracker crumbs in their oyster bed. Cracker crumbs in their oyster Oh. Well, you sure go all out when you go, don't you? Sometimes I wish I'd have said that, but then again, I don't think I do. Professor, you uh, must know quite a bit about fish. Oh, heavens to Haddock, I do. Why, I've studied all kinds of fish. Why, there's something about fish that gets you. Yeah, especially if you don't put them on ice. Yeah, you have another point there. Now, fish, friends, uh, fish are divided in, into two groups, uh, live fish and dead fish. <laughs> well, you certainly know your little finny friends. Know them? Well, I guess I should. As a matter of fact, my wife is a maid mer. Maid mer? Uh-huh. You mean a mermaid? No, in her case, the top half looks like a fish. <laughs> But I, 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 uh, I didn't come here for that. I came here looking for my pet electric eel. Uh, he swam away, and I, I just wonder where he's going. Probably looking for a place to plug himself in. I don't know. Ah, simmer down, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Golly, I, I, I hope my pet eel wasn't caught by an octopus. Why, it seems like only yesterday that, and that's because it was only yesterday, that an octopus caught me and wrapped his tentacles around me and held me tight. Good heavens, what did you do? What could I do? We danced. Yeah. <laughs> Made a nice couple, too. Now, look, Twiggy, we're busy around here. Would you mind scrambling? We... Well, I must say, if I'm not welcome, I'll certainly leave. But Good. before I go, there is one thing I want to say. And what's that? Goodbye, I, I. I'm going where the flying fishes fly, I, I. I'll be in water up to valley high, I, I. Don't cry, I, I. Goodbye, I. What's the use? Goodbye, I, I. Well, we've wasted enough time. This is it, men. Stand by to submerge. Price dive! A lot of traffic here. Here we go. Down, down. What's the reading, Captain? Fifty fathoms. Sixty fathoms. Seventy fathoms. I say, Captain, just what is exactly a fathom? Well, I just call them. I don't explain them. (laughs) Thank you very much indeed. Eighty fathoms. One hundred fathoms. One hundred fathoms? Yes, sir. But the water is only 80 fathoms deep here. What about the bottom? I think we passed it, sir. (laughs) Oh, we're stuck on the bottom, stuck hard and fast. Well, Captain, there's only one thing to do, sir. Yes, what's that? Mud pies, anyone? (laughs) We need help, Noble. Send out an SOS. Uh, Very good, sir. Oh, how do you spell it? S-O... Oh, no. (laughs) Captain, Captain, the water's rushing in. There go the lights. Oh, oh, it's pitch black. I'll feel along the wall here for the escape hatch. Uh, ah, here it is, yeah. Here's the opening. Ooh, it's cold and wet. Well, get your hand out of my mouth. Oh. <laughs> ah, here's the escape hatch, yeah. All ashore that's going ashore. Just uh, a bit of a coffee. Huh? 
You can't desert the ship. What? Are you a coward, a yellow rat, chicken-livered? What was that last one again? I said chicken-livered. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Let <laughs> me out of here. That's me. Now, wait, McCarthy, stand back. I'm leaving first. Well, why? I'm the yellow rat. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, Skipper. You can't leave at all. Well, why not? You can't leave because... The captain must go down with the ship. He must go down with the ship. But why? Must. But why? Must. I only want to know why. For the mate can leave in the bosun too, and so can every one of the crew. But what must the poor old captain do? He's got to go down with the ship. But the gunner can leave his torpedoes, and the doctor can leave his sick bay. So why can't the captain, the poor old captain... Get the heck out of the way. The captain must go down with the ship. He must go down with the ship. The captain must go down with the ship. He must go down with the ship. But why? He must. But why? He must. I only want to know why. For the cook won't worry about the ham and the sparks will let his radio jam. So why can't the poor old captain scram? He's got to go down with the ship. So long as the vessel is floating, I'm the toughest of autocrats. But when she is sinking... Then I get to thinking, uh, what happens to me and the rats? The captain must go down with the ship. He must go down with the ship. But why aye, aye. am I aye, aye. the only unfortunate guy aye, aye. who never did hanger to sink with the anchor, or whether it's curry or curries or a tanker, it's always the same old cry. The captain must go down with the ship. He must, he must, he must, he must, he must go down with the ship. Captain, any questions? No. No, I realize now, gentlemen, that I can't break the, break the tradition of the sea. Uh, and I'll, I'll go down with the ship uh, and, and gladly. Gladly, sir? Yes. Get going, men. Up the escape hatch and swim for it. Swim? Certainly. Don't you know the Australian crawl? Uh, no, sir. I hardly can swim in English. Uh... <laughs> all right, men. Goodbye. And good luck to you all. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, they're gone now. Oh, hello, Captain. I've been waiting for you. Ah, my darling Singapore Sue. Are we really stuck on the bottom? No. No, I could raise the sub any time I want to. Oh, then why did you get rid of the crew? <laughs> <laughs> Edgar Bergen will be back in a moment. But in the meantime, remember, folks, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you may be, when you think of refreshment, think of Coca-Cola. For Coca-Cola makes any pause the pause that refreshes. And ice-cold Coca-Cola is everywhere. And now, here's Edgar Bergen. I want to thank Robert Cummings for coming back to us again as our guest. There'll always be a welcome mat at our door for him. Uh, next Sunday evening, we have invited Ann Baxter, the brilliant actress and Academy Award nominee, to give us a hand. And now, good night, everyone. Remember to listen to Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy, brought to you by the Coca-Cola Company every Sunday. And remember to listen next Saturday to Refreshment Time, starring Morton Downey over this same network. 
This week, the Girl Scouts celebrate their 39th birthday. Girl Scouting helps young girls to become better citizens of their communities, their country, and the world. But many girls who would like to become Girl Scouts can't because all the troops in their communities are full. To create more troops, the Girl Scouts must have more adult volunteers to lead them. And wouldn't you like to help? Phone your local Girl Scout headquarters and find out how you can. Bob Cummings can soon be seen in the Columbia picture, The Barefoot Mailman. The Edgar Bergen Show is produced and directed by Frank Gill, Jr. This is Bill Baldwin speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The Charlie McCarthy Show, starring Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, with special guest Robert Cummings from March 4th, 1951, sponsored by Coca-Cola, as heard over CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of The Charlie McCarthy Show after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy welcome their guest, Jane Wyman. Here's The Charlie McCarthy Show from March 14, 1954. Lanolin Plus brings you the Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. Now, Clip, you say help me, I'll move you down. It's Sunday night, and time again for Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy, Mortimus Nerd, and Ray Noble and his orchestra. Brought to you, transcribed, by the makers of famous Lanolin Plus products for softer, more youthful-looking skin and lovelier, more manageable hair. Tonight, our guest is Jane Wyman. If you're wondering how you can look more youthful and radiant, you'll welcome the promise in the words you'll hear tonight about Lanolin Plus. Yes, its very name promises you new softness and smoothness for your skin and a lovely new luster for your hair. Even if your beauty's on a budget, you can have the very best. For most Lanolin Plus products cost such a tiny price. Only a dollar and tax at all cosmetic counters. And now, here is Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. (laughs) 
Uh, Ray, have you seen Charlie? No, oh, boy, I've been lucky so far. <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you ask that little old man with the long white beard coming this way? Perhaps he's seen Charlie. Well, I think I will. Oh, oh, on second thoughts, Edgar, let me. Oh. Yes, I have so few lines on the show today, old boy. <laughs> uh, I say, you with the beard. Have you seen Charlie McCarthy? Uh, yeah, what you say there? No, no, sir. I'm a perfect stranger. I just came in here to win a refrigerator. <laughs> all right, all right. It's you, Charlie. Is it? Yeah. Any fool could see through that disguise. Oh? So you started me right away, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't leave me out, old boy. I did, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, but Charles, why the disguise? Well, not so loud. I'm in Magneto. You're what? Innuendo, I'm in? No, no, no. I'm all gratin. No, no, no. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm making like mint sauce. Mint sauce? I'm on the lamb. Oh, on the lamb. <laughs> Charlie, how do you manage to get into all this trouble? Well, I just know the right people. I... <laughs> girls, yeah. <laughs> well, girls. Yeah. What's wrong now? I, I lost my diary. Oh. Yeah. If it ever gets out, it'll be their biggest expose since the French bathing suit. Oh. <laughs> You're exaggerating. Yeah? The stuff in my diary is so racy, I had to shut my eyes when I wrote it. Oh. <laughs> it's the who's who of smooch and woo. All right. All right. <laughs> How did you happen to lose your diary? Where did you keep it? Well, it was so hot, it was a fire hazard. Yes. <laughs> So, I kept it in your deep freeze. But I didn't see it in my deep freeze. Well, I had it disguised. Oh, I see. It was wrapped and labeled spiced peaches. I <laughs> see. <laughs> Volume two was under hot tamales. Uh, <laughs> was your diary loose leaf? The term uh, loose life fits it better. I... <laughs> now, just what's in this diary, Charlie? Yes, old boy, tell us what's in it. Well, I tell you, on page one, there's a lot of stuff about... Y y uh, no, no, I'm sorry. You fellas have led such sheltered lives, it wouldn't oh, be Oh, so. no, that's not so at all, old boy. No, back in England, I kept a diary of every date I ever had. Yeah? Uh-huh. I still remember the names. <laughs> Gladys, Pamela, Laura, Penelope, Sam. Sam? Well, it gets very foggy in London, you know. <laughs> I found out my error when the band played a waltz and we both started to lead. <laughs> now look, T-Brain, um, I've got enough troubles. Bergen, you've got to help me find my diary. If it ever gets out, their boyfriends will just kill me. Yes, I <laughs> Well, old chap, it looks as though you'll have to take your medicine. I am, and right now I'm going to take a powder. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Charlie. There's uh, a young man to see you. He says his name is Skylar Van Snort. Skyler Van Snort, what does he want? I can't stand that society brat. Hello, Charles, I'm here. All four million dollars worth of me. <laughs> Beat it, Stinky. Take the next ill wind out of here, will you? Oh, nothing doing. I'm here on business. <laughs> I had my chauffeur drive me over in my brand new Step Up Hudson. You mean step down, don't you? We Van Snort step down to no one. <laughs> well, hoity-toity up the scrub uh, I'd like to beat him to death with a mink club or something <laughs> Come on, get going, kid Listen, you sawed-off polo mallet What? I know a word that will make your sap run cold <laughs> What word? The secret word is 
diary. <laughs> give that man a hundred dollars and give me a ticket to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll start a new life down there, training beans to jump. <laughs> I'm going to get even with you, Charles. Oh, I find that revenge is sweet and non-fattening. <laughs> that kid's a real stinker. I hate him. I always hate him. So you're the thief who stole my diary, eh? Why are you saying that? Because it takes a thief to catch it. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Scratch that off the record. Uh, where, where is my diary now? My butler has it pinned down to the ground with a forked stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet it wiggled till the sun went down. <laughs> But Stinky, I mean, I mean Skyler, old pal. What are you going to do with my diary? I'm going to publish it, I think. Why, this book will make a fortune. Uh, It'll make my father's oil wells look like gopher holes. <laughs> Good day, Charles. Oh, get out of here, you get. I'll clip him, so help me. I'll mow him down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, now it is my pleasure to introduce one of the prettiest ladies in Hollywood, one of our more talented actresses, one of the most popular singers. And no, no, it's not a trio. It's our own Jane Wyman. The only thing I've plenty of, baby. Dream a while, scheme a while, and you're sure to find happiness. And I guess all the things you've always pined for. Gee, it's nice to see you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth, they don't sell, baby. Till that lucky day you know darn well, baby, that I can't give you anything but love. I cannot give you anything but love, baby. That is the only thing that I've plenty of, baby. Dream a while, why don't you scheme a while? And you're sure to find happiness And I guess I love the things that you have always fine for Gee, it's nice to see you looking swell Baby, diamond bracelets, Woolworth, they don't sell Baby, till that lucky day You know darn well that I can give you, can't give you anything but love. Well, well, here I am, Mr. Bergen. Yes, yes, I see the bill. I got here. Well, 
Mortimer, I just heard the good news. Congratulations. Well, thanks. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yes. <laughs> I heard about your hometown appointing you honorary mayor. Well, I'm thrilled. The name of Mortimer Snurd is beginning to mean something. Well, yeah, yeah. of course, I can always change it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, this should certainly stir your ambition. Why? Is it sticking to the bottom? No, no. <laughs> Imagine you being picked as honorary mayor of Snurdville for boys' day. Yeah, yeah. I'm their boy. Yeah. <laughs> so the boys of today will grow up to be the men of tomorrow. No, yes. <laughs> Sounds like a good arrangement. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised somebody hasn't thought of that before. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. All men were boys once. Uh, oh, yeah, yes. What else could you be? Well, I guess that's right. Yeah, I... Well, you, you could. You could grow up to... Uh, you, uh, you could uh, turn into... Uh... No, 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 no. No, I'm thinking of caterpillars now. Yeah. Well, I guess there ain't much choice. No, there is no. Now, tell me about your work as mayor. What recommendations have you made so far for Snurdville? Well, I recommend they cut out that 8 o'clock curfew at bell at night. I don't like that. Why? Well, it wakes up everybody. Now, <laughs> uh, what are you doing about the smog? Well, we're just breathing it like everybody else. <laughs> Now, tell me, Your Honor, what are you going to do for the working man? Well, what else? Tax him. Tax him. <laughs> now, Snurdville is a rural community. Yeah, that it is, yeah. Now, what do you think is the answer to the farm problem? Well, fertilizer. Fertilizer. <laughs> I just installed Commissioner of Vigoro. I see. Uh, what do you plan to do about criminals? Well, I'll tell you. The way it looks to me is if we would just do away with crime, I don't think there'd be any criminals. That's, <laughs> That's good thinking. No, that was just a lucky guess. I <laughs> now, what are some of your other duties? Well, being mayor, I'm, of course, I'm also fire commissioner. Is that so? Yeah. Well, fire commissioner, you, you know what that means, don't you? Well, sure, I get a commission on every fire. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a kind of a scorcher. <laughs> well, now, uh, what are you going to do about getting rid of red tape? I'm going to use green tape. Green... <laughs> well, Charlie, I understand you have a bit of advice for the lovelorn tonight. How about telling the girls about it? All right. When March the 15th rolls round, my girl acts very snooty. Because the income man can't tax her lovely lanolin beauty. <laughs> but, Charlie, you mean lanolin plus beauty. You know, seriously, there is something about a girl with a lanolin plus complexion that always makes her stand out from the crowd. I think it must be that wonderful feeling of poise and self-confidence that a woman has when she knows she looks her very loveliest. And you will look your very best when you start using lanolin plus liquid faithfully. For the wonderful softening quality of lanolin plus makes your skin softer, smoother, and so much more youthful looking. Yes, you can tell instantly. The very first time you smooth lanolin plus liquid in, it penetrates, shares with your skin its abundance of precious esters and cholesterols that are the closest duplication of nature's own skin lubricants. 
Wouldn't you like to look into your mirror and suddenly discover skin beauty you never dreamed you had? You can, you know, when you let Lanolin Plus Liquid work its wonders on your skin. See for yourself. Start using Lanolin Plus Liquid tomorrow for a facial, as an overnight skin softener, and as a makeup base. Only a dollar and tax at all cosmetic counters. Well, Charlie, I understand you've written a play for tonight's program. That's right, Bergie. And it's all about the Old South. And it's entitled, The Old South. <laughs> That's pretty good so far, huh? Yeah. Uh, I play the part of the Colonel Sourmash, I see. Sir, of old Kentucky, I see. And Jack Kirkwood plays my son, Jasper. And Jane Wyman plays my daughter, Virginia. <laughs> Thank you, Colonel. I'm plum happy you're my pappy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the idea. Now, the scene opens on the Saramash Plantation in old Kentucky. And the cotton pickers are busy in the cotton fields, uh, picking cotton. Yeah. <laughs> and the colonel is busy with his racing farm, picking horses. <laughs> Jasper? I say, Jasper. Confound it. Where are you, Jasper? Here I am, Colonel, Father, sir. Jasper, where are my glasses? Uh, right on the table there, Father, sir. Well, fill them up, son. Fill them up. <laughs> now, get a move on, sir. Get a move on. Yeah. Yes, Father, Colonel, sir. Two men juleps coming up. Hello, Daddy. Are you all? Well, hello, daughter. All of you. <laughs> Come here and kiss your dear old Daddy. All right, Daddy. <laughs> You know, you can get a lot out of a part like this if you work it right <laughs> Let me look at you, gal Oh, you're getting prettier every day Your mother wore a dress like that about 30 years ago And you look just like her Well, I ought to, it's the same dress <laughs> Daughter, do you think the bustles will ever come back? Well, they ain't never been any other place, Dad yeah. <laughs> Now, come on. Now, give your old daddy another kiss, hmm? Yes, Father. <laughs> what a beautiful piece of casting. <laughs> I may be young, but I'm tricky. <laughs> uh, can't I have a new dress, Daddy? Daughter, I'm surprised at you. Ask you for a new dress in hard times like these? Why, there's barely enough money in the house to buy bourbon. Uh, here's your mint julep, Colonel, Father, sir. <laughs> Jasper. Jasper, haven't you been sampling that bourbon, Lou? Well, well, Father, I, I spilled a little, but I licked it up before it could eat a hole in the floor. <laughs> That's good work, son. Had something on my mind. Now, what was it? Oh, yes, of course. Daughter, come on, kiss your old daddy again. <laughs> need a new dress. Yeah. Easter's are coming, and this is so old-fashioned. They ain't wearing them no more. No how. Are you all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of sentiment attached to that dress. I wore it when I escaped through the Yankee lines in the Civil War. This dress fits you all? Oh, fits me, yeah. On the way through, I wandered into a Yankee party and had three dances with General Grant. <laughs> yes, sir, Colonel, Father, sir One mint julep coming up 
Ain't you rushing things, son? I ain't asked for it yet. Well, I didn't want to wait till the last minute. <laughs> Daddy, would you all mind powerful much if I all told you all that I was fixing to get married? Daddy, father, daddy. <laughs> married? My daughter. <laughs> so I'm going to lose my little gal. <laughs> Seems like only yesterday I took your little hand and made believe you were helping me up the stairs. It was yesterday, and you weren't making believe. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, here's your... Here's your men colonel, Father Julep. Jasper? Jasper? Did you spill some more of that bourbon, Jasper? Yes, sir. Uh, well, but this time, I caught it before it hit the floor. <laughs> so, so you really want to get married, daughter? That's mighty fine. That's mighty fine. Then you approve of it, Daddy? I was talking about the mint julep here. <laughs> now, tell me, who is this fine southern gentleman that wants to marry you? Oh, Daddy, you all don't understand. You, you all don't even reckon. You all just don't, you all. Yeah. <laughs> Daughter, what are you trying to say? Well, Daddy, he's not a southern gentleman. He's a northern gentleman. What? There ain't no such thing. <laughs> Why, he's a golden Yankee. No daughter of mine will ever wed a Yankee. Why, I'd rather Daddy, see you... Daddy, he's rich. Of course, on the other hand... <laughs> Why should we Southerners carry a grudge over something that happened years ago? There's no North and South anymore. It's all one country now. How much money has he got? Well, he's a millionaire. Oh, Daddy, do you all really mean all that you're going to let me all marry him all? <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about your new boyfriend. I forgot all about myself. Come here, kiss your old daddy. <laughs> Oh, Daddy, I'm so happy I feel just like Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe? And she married a Yankee, too. <laughs> <laughs> Them Yankees got something, and we need some of it down here. <laughs> Virginia, daughter, I'd like to meet your handsome boyfriend. Oh, but, Daddy, you, you haven't seen him yet. How do you know he's handsome? Because there just ain't no such a thing as an ugly millionaire. That... <laughs> I... Up uh, here, here's your men colonel, Father Julep, sir. Thank you, Jasper. You're a chip off the old crow. Uh, yes, sir, Colonel Father, sir. That old crow don't get a chance to get old around this house. <laughs> Gee, I sure am going to miss those cotton-picking cotton pickers coming home from the field singing Sweet Chariot. Yeah, I imagine so. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. Jasper, close that window, will you? Sweet yes, sir, Father, sir. Oh, sweet Thank you, son. That's better. <laughs> you, you all want another mint, Jasper, Father? <laughs> son, what you mean is, don't you want another Father, Jasper, mint? <laughs> I reckon, sure enough. <laughs> And leave out the ice this time. Takes too much room in there. <laughs> oh, there's someone at the door. It must be my fiance, Filbert. Well, open the mint. I mean, open the door, son. Yes, sir. Rio, <laughs> coming for 
you to meet my father, Colonel Sourmass. Oh, happy to make your acquaintance, Colonel. I crave your pardon, sir, but I'm his son, Mint Jasper. <laughs> that, that's the colonel over there sitting in the julep. <laughs> Daddy, I want you to meet the man I love, Filbert Fink. He owns an ostrich farm in Connecticut. Well, an ostrich farm, eh? Uh-huh. How many head? Well, you know how ostriches are. I never see that end. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, in that case... Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I want to welcome you to our fine southern family, son. Uh, don't breathe on his glasses, Father. You'll melt the fringe. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Think, when you marry my daughter, you'll be getting a thoroughbred. Oh, thank you. I'll enter it in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Daddy, isn't Phil but wonderful? I bet he's different from what you expected. Yeah, I bet he's different from what his folks expected. <laughs> Jasper? Open the window. He looks like he needs air. Yes, sir, Colonel Father, sir. Carry me. <laughs> I'm glad that number's finished. Yes. <laughs> now tell me, Mr. Fink. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have enough money to support me in a manner to which my daughter is accustomed? Money? I don't have any money. Well, what about all those ostriches? I'm awfully sorry, old chap, but they don't have any money either. <laughs> But, Dory, you said he was a millionaire. Oh, that was just a rumor, sir. It was started by my family to get me married. <laughs> Why, you're nothing but a golden Yankee, then. Uh, here, here you are, Colonel Father, sir. Here's your double-shot barrel mint gun. <laughs> Thank you, son. I hope this gun is as loaded as you are. <laughs> and now, you darn Yankee, take this. Good shot, old chap. You've got me right above the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> well, goodbye, all. Especially you, Virginia. Daddy, you've killed him. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, there's only one thing I can think of. Daughter, come here and kiss your daddy. <laughs> And now, if we can get the sound man to nail the window open, let's hear our frustrated plantation singers with a complete version of Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, coming for to carry me home. Penny Bob. Jordan, and what did I see? Coming for to carry me home. A band of angels coming after me. Coming for to carry me home. Sometimes I'm up, and sometimes I'm down. Coming for to carry me home. But still my soul feels heavenly bound. 
coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet Jerry, coming to carry me home. Low, 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 bring it low. How many times a day do you put your hands into water? Did you ever stop to think? Well, you know, every time you do, you rob them of a little more of the precious natural oils that keep skin soft and youthful looking. That's why it's so important to keep lanolin plus hand lotion on hand and use it all through your busy day. You see, lanolin plus hand lotion penetrates and helps replenish the oils that make your hands lovely and caressable, no matter how much work you do. For Lanolin Plus, with its beneficial esters and cholesterols, is the closest duplication of nature's own skin lubricants. Yes, there's a wonderful surprise in store for you when you start using Lanolin Plus hand lotion. For you'll find that the very first day, something almost unbelievable happens. Your hands begin to lose their dryness. Tiny lines become less noticeable. And best of all, your hands begin to belie the years so beautifully. Get Lanolin Plus Hand Lotion in the convenient dispenser bottle tomorrow. Only a dollar and tax. And now, here is Edgar Bergen. I would like to thank Jane Wyman for joining us tonight. And before we go, here is our rural philosopher, Mortimer, with Snurd's words for the birds. Oh... What was the query? Oh. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> next Sunday, good night, everyone. Brought to you by Lanolin Plus over the CBS radio network at the same time. And remember, even if your beauty's on a budget, you get the very best when you get Lanolin Plus cosmetics for lovelier skin and beautiful hair. Tonight's Edgar Bergen Show with Jack Kirkwood and Richard Beals was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Sam Pierce, script by Norman Paul, Cy Rose, and Zeno Klinker. This is Bill Baldwin speaking. Next week, the Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy will be presented by Chicken of the Sea, the greatest name in seafood. By Chicken of the Sea tuna at your food store tomorrow for the choice tuna center cuts at a budget price. And don't come home without a package or two of that all-new, all-delicious chicken-of-the-sea tuna pie made with tender tuna light meat, fresh frozen in a season-to-perfection blend of garden peas and very fresh milk and butter. Chicken-of-the-sea tuna pie, a great new American dish for lunch and supper.
This is the CBS Radio Network. And that's the Charlie McCarthy Show, starring Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy with special guest Jane Wyman from March 14, 1954, sponsored by Lanolin Plus and Chicken of the Sea, as heard over CBS. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 51 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 51 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, We'll hear two drama episodes of Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune us in next time. Thanks for listening.